Welcome back. My name is Steve, the founder of English and Go. And today, I would like to talk about tea. Long-time listeners may remember way back to podcast number six, English and Coffee. And I will use a similar approach today, because I think it's interesting to discuss the history and some of the differences between how tea is perceived in English-speaking countries and how tea is seen in Germany. The first difference, of course, is the spelling. In English, tea is spelled T-E-A, while in German, it is spelled T-E-E. However, I find this distinction very useful because of the big difference of what can be found in English tea and what people serve as tea in Germany. In English-speaking countries, a beverage can only be called tea if it contains at least a small amount of leaves from the varieties of plants known as Camellia sinensis. Whereas in Germany, while they do have black tea, you can throw random leaves or even flower petals in hot water and still call it tea. I had a big shock when I ordered my first peppermint tea in Germany. Now, in the United States or the UK, peppermint tea is black tea leaves mixed with a bit of peppermint. It creates a drink full of rich taste, which has the smoothness of black tea and a nice little spike of peppermint. That's what I was expecting when I ordered peppermint tea in Germany. I was appalled to receive five peppermint leaves floating in hot water. It was terrible. And to make matters worse, it cost three euros. That was my introduction to German tea. Southeast Asian countries, such as China and Myanmar, pioneered steeping, S-T-E-E-P-I-N-G, the leaves of these plants in hot water. And of course, they call it cha. This explains why it's called chai in India and matcha in Japan, as both countries borrowed their words from the original Chinese cha. Interestingly, it was the Portuguese, not the British, that first brought tea to Europe in the 1600s. Which begs the question, why do we associate tea with Britain and not Portugal? The answer is quantity. Q-U-A-N-T-I-T-Y or Menge im Deutsch. Portuguese priests were happy to drink tea, and their trading ships with China and Japan allowed a small but steady stream of tea to be sent to Portugal. But it was the Dutch, specifically the infamous Dutch East India Company, that decided to bring tea to Europe on a large scale in the early 1600s. This was during the Dutch Republic, which lasted from the late 1500s to the late 1700s. And it is important 
because the Dutch Republic was aligned with the English Empire for most of this period. While the British were quick to buy and try the stimulating effects of tea, which is similar to coffee, drinking tea in England in the 16-1700s was mostly reserved for royalty or the very wealthy, because tea was expensive. The Dutch still controlled most of the tea routes. But that changed in the Victorian era, the mid-1800s, when the British Empire ruled India and began planting tea in large quantities in India. This ensured a cheap and steady supply of black tea to the British islands, and it was considered more patriotic to drink tea than coffee, which was no longer seen as a proper British product. Famous Indian types, such as Darjeeling and Assam, became very popular in this period of British history. Now, unlike coffee, which has only two main commercial types, Robusto and Arabica, there are many types of commercially available teas. Some are connected to a particular region, as I mentioned, Darjeeling and Assam, whereas others are sorted by color, green tea, yellow tea, white tea, black tea. Happily, at least for me, one of my customers, a man named Philip, also likes peppermint leaves mixed with black tea and he is happy to serve me a cup of his peppermint tea when we meet for our English lessons. Thanks, Philip. Anyway, typically a cup of tea has less caffeine, or the caffeine in Deutsch, than the same-sized cup of coffee. Now, how much less caffeine depends on what kind of tea it is versus what kind of coffee it is, how it was prepared, and so forth. Both of them are caffeinated drinks, and tea has a little less caffeine, but it also has one gigantic advantage over coffee. And this is one reason why tea is the world's most consumed caffeinated product. And that is its cultural connection to numerous but mysteriously unproven health benefits. If a person has an upset stomach, or a cold, or the flu, many Europeans, many Chinese, many Indians will tell them to drink a cup of tea, while almost no one would advise them to drink a cup of coffee. For thousands of years, in China, Southeast Asia, India, tea has been presented as a medicinal plant, or medicamentpflanze. Drink this, and you will feel better. Now, on the surface, this is logical. When a person is tired and feeling poorly from an illness, if you give them a mild stimulant it will make them feel better. I mean, today, some people I know, they'll substitute a can of Coca-Cola instead of tea. 
and they report that it works great. By contrast, coffee in European countries or in China or in India is typically seen as unhealthy. There are two major criticisms of coffee. One, it has more caffeine than tea, which is usually but not always true. The second part, though, refers to the coffee acids, or the Zoira im Deutsch. Coffee does have a certain number of fairly strong acids. For most people, this is not a problem at all. However, there is a small group of people who are sensitive to coffee acids, but not necessarily to tea acids. This has led coffee to have the reputation of being bad for your stomach, when for the vast majority of people, it isn't. Whereas tea carries these sort of cultural medical benefits, when confronted about this, many tea drinkers say, oh, no, no, it's not the caffeine. It comes from the polyphenols. P-O-L-Y... P-H-E-N-O-L-S. These are the chemicals that make tea taste, well, bitter. And particularly in Europe, this concept of bitter makes you better is well established. For many thousands of years, sugar was quite rare and expensive. It was a luxury product. And... Like many luxury products, sweet became associated with bad or unhealthy, whereas bitter plants abound in Europe. So the idea was, if you're not feeling very well, well, take a few bitters and you'll get better. As typically traditionally prepared tea can be quite bitter, it definitely fit into this European mold that bitter makes you feel better. However, numerous studies have been conducted on the supposed health benefits of polyphenols, and the verdict is clear. They have absolutely no positive effects on human health. However, a combination of thousands of years of history and the idea that bitter makes you better has led many people to see tea as healthy, while coffee is still relegated to being less healthy or even unhealthy, depending on where you live. By contrast, in South America, if you were not feeling well, people would suggest that you drink mate, or sometimes called yerba mate which is not a tea plant. Instead, it comes from a holly bush originally found in Paraguay. Unsurprisingly, mate, or yerba mate, also contains a fair amount of caffeine. And many cultures in South America claim that mate has extra medical powers. It's much better for you than tea which in South America is relatively new. Now, 
a cup of mate may have more or less caffeine than tea or even coffee, depending on how it's prepared. You can buy types of mate in Europe, and these are typically weak, having even less caffeine than a cup of tea. Whereas if you had traditional mate in South America, it is shockingly strong and has a great deal of caffeine. So, in summary, for citizens of China, Southeast Asia, India, and much of Europe, tea is the recommended drink. It has rich cultural history and is often presented as being good for you. Whereas, if you are in South America, mate is king. It is smoother, it has special ingredients, and is much better for you than tea. While, if one were to visit East Africa, no one would suggest a person who is sick drink tea or mate. Instead, they would tell you to drink a cup of mild coffee. This makes sense once you realize that coffee comes from East Africa. And in this part of the world, the medical quality of coffee is well known just as the medical quality of tea is well known in China or in Ayurvedic medicine, and the medicinal value of mate is well known in the tribes of South America. What we learn from this is very, very clear. Drinks are cultural. What you drink is determined by where you come from. Again, my name is Steve, the founder of English and Go, an English language teaching and consulting company based in Osnabrück, Germany. And I hope you enjoyed this short podcast about tea.